You're listening to Making Waves, Fresh Ideas in Freshwater Science. Making Waves is a bi-monthly podcast where we discuss new ideas in freshwater science and why they matter to you. Making Waves is brought to you with support by the Society for Freshwater Science, Arizona State University's School of Life Sciences, and the University of Washington School of Aquatic and Fishery Sciences. This is Eric Moody with the Making Waves podcast. I'm here at the 2014 Joint Aquatic Sciences meeting in Portland, Oregon, with the organizers of the INSTARS program, a program for mentoring undergrads in the aquatic sciences. So the name of the program is INSTARS, and a lot of people may not be familiar with what an INSTAR is. So what does that mean, and how does it relate to the development of undergraduates? I'm Bettina Mendez. I'm a lecturer at UC Berkeley. In an insect life cycle, they go through a number of stages. They get a little bit bigger, and they go into their next star. And so we thought that that would be a good way to think about the students going from one step to one step. I am Checo Colongao. I'm a professor at Georgia Southern University. So I think what we came up with the name of the program is, is was one of the first things that really clicked quickly because we knew we wanted to target undergraduates, but we wanted to retain undergraduates that went into graduate programs and we also knew that we wanted involvement from faculty, so we wanted to have the stages of change from members of the society or, or students that would become members of the society and grow into you know, graduate students, eventually like professionals and people that at some point will be very involved in society activities. So how did the program actually get started and become a, a formal part of the Society for Freshwater Science? I'm Judy Lee, and I'm a retired professor at Oregon State University. There have been several conversations around tables mm -hmm. to talk about, so how are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. And there was one meeting where Checo and I and others sat around and talked about what might be the possibilities, and there was a lot of brainstorming, and we decided just to get started <laughs> by inviting in the next annual meeting students that we could identify, and so we sent out mm -hmm notices to as many institutions as we could think of who might have students that might be interested in coming to our annual meeting. At, at that point when we started planning, we planned with no budget. I mean, we, we started, the idea was we had, we, did, we didn't think we were going to have a budget and then a small budget kind of came through and we started our first program with only six, six students, I believe, right? Yeah, and two mentors, yeah. So so our first program was uh was kind of put together very very quickly. And most of those students who went to that first meeting became yeah. active in in our science mm -hmm. and some of them became graduate students next mm -hmm. year and became mentors themselves. Mm -hmm. Some of the mentors became faculty members. It was mm -hmm. very exciting. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, have you seen the success and, and followed the successes of these students as they've gone through the program? I mean, I think that is one of the goals of the program, that we've seen students that have started as fellows come back in, in, in following years as mentors, and then some of them have now even, some of our mentors have finished graduate degrees, and now we have a second turnover of like fellows that are now going into programs as mentors. So we've been successful, I think, in maintaining undergraduates and getting them involved in graduate programs that still are represented in the society or still very involved in the society. I am Marcel Ardone. I'm an assistant professor at East Carolina University. 
this is actually something that Checo pointed out to me, but I think a good indication of the success of the program. Um, so when we compare it to other societies that have similar programs, like the Society of Wetland Scientists has had a similar program for about 10, 12 years, 12 years mm -hmm. now. And they have uh, moved like 90 students through that program. Us in four years have 45. So in nice. four years, we already have half the number of a much bigger program in the rest of the U.S. And then in talking to some of our students who've been in the program, some of them have expressed that they really weren't sure what they wanted to do next after graduation, and that coming to the NSTARS program is the reason that they decided to apply for graduate school. And that's not unique for undergraduates. And what's happened in our organization is that we're getting increasing participation by undergraduates in general. And as a result of that, we've been developing programs for all the undergraduates that come to our meetings. It all just kind of feeds together and it's wonderful. So why do you think that the field of freshwater science lends itself so well to uh, the kind of mentoring program like NSTARS? My name is Krista Capps and I am a postdoctoral research fellow in sustainability science at the University of Maine. Well, I think this question also describes why I became interested in this program. I think water is the great and terrible equalizer in the fact that everyone needs it, everyone understands the they have a basic necessity to freshwater access, but it's also used as a point of oppression. It is the foundation of many, if not the majority, of environmental justice issues. And I think, based on my experience as a Peace Corps volunteer, and then subsequently my work in Latin America, has really shown me that though people have this understanding without a really good fundamental education in both ecology but in an understanding of freshwater, people aren't going to become engaged, and without this engagement, these types of environmental justice issues will continue. And so I think when I looked around the society, I realized that this fundamental aspect is So why, why did you identify it as a challenge for the society to try to increase the, the representation of some of these underrepresented undergraduates? I think that's an issue one will. Look at us. I think we all came to our first meetings and looked around and, and realized there's not a lot of people that look like me out here. And, and, and I think we might have come out here lost a little bit as undergrads. And we kind of felt that you know, we could help students, not just not just any undergraduates or not just and even graduates that come to the meeting for the first time and provide a network for them to get a little bit of support help them in terms of like networking, help them, help them in terms of just navigating the meeting without getting completely overwhelmed. Mm. I mean, a lot of us out here have been coming to this meeting for a very long time as being undergrads and maybe early first year master's students to now staying as, as faculty. So I think that was our own experiences for probably the, the driver. In order to grow diversity, it appeared that what we needed to do was encourage students that were in undergraduate program to consider the wonders of stream biology <laughs> as a career. And if you're going to do that, you pretty much need a graduate degree. So we needed to move students from a variety of institutions, small colleges to big universities, into graduate program that then they would become members of this scientific endeavor. It's so undergraduates were an important target. We knew that we wouldn't get there unless we found them in the undergraduate programs.
and, and we were kind of casting a wider net too because we figured right as soon as they came out here, they already were hooked at least into like yeah. you know, freshwater science. Whereas some of the undergrads that we come out here, they might have a little bit of an interest. Some of them they don't even realize, and they come to this meeting, and they, they might not even know that those opportunities are available. Mm-hmm. So they come out here and they're like, "Oh wow, I mean, I could do this for a career. I could, I could work on this type of stuff that, that was not necessarily the." The ideas that, that they had in mind when they started making biology or the green environmental sciences. So having the undergrads come out here and be exposed to a professional scientific meeting and meeting the people that you probably read about the classes or read the books from might have allowed us to hook some of those. I kind of came a little bit later into this because Checo and Judy and all of you guys had been working on it and they kind of recruited me a little bit later. Um, to help with the application and you know initially I was interested in this because I had volunteered with some other societies that have similar programs so ESA has the seeds program that has kind of a very similar goal and ASLO has the multicultural program that also seeks to recruit undergraduates Um, and so when they told me that they were doing this for for NAVS or SFS I was like oh yeah this is a good idea and this is definitely something that I I want to be involved with and one of the things that as scientists we all study or people have been studying for a while is, you know, biodiversity and ecosystem function. And I, I'm a firm believer in human diversity and society will improve society function in the, in yeah. the long term. So what can individual professors or graduate students do on their own campuses to promote a more diverse, you know, working environment and to get some of these underrepresented students um, involved in their research and perhaps involved in the NSTARS. I mean, I think one thing that has worked for me is, uh, is, is just giving them the opportunity. And, and, and a lot of them might, might not think that that opportunity is accessible. So just opening the doors for, even if it's volunteering, even if it's just taking them in to like see what picking bugs might, might look like or, or taking them out to the field and while you're doing that, like talking to them about like, Hey, you know, once a year we get together, you know, all, all my scientist friends and we go to these conferences and those are like your, your friends that you only see once and see what they're doing in their institutions, see what they're doing in the fields. Tell them about that opportunity and kind of try to ask them, would you like to check that out? Would you like to see what, what it'd be like to go to a meeting where everybody's talking about freshwater, everybody's talking about aquatic sciences? So just it's approaching them with that idea tends to be enough to just at least get them a little bit curious to bring them in. Mm -hmm. I think the reason we're all here is we're excited about what we do. And I think a big part of bringing students in is to just keep being excited and showing them how cool all of these pieces are. And when you find students that you think really are, you like to see that light turn on, and so when we find students that do have that light turn on, it's really continue to foster that and bring them to the meeting or read papers with them or take them to the field. And just as Checo says, you know, look around and get excited about what you're doing. An example of that is one of the instar students we have right now, this year, who told me that in December he would never, ever have dreamed of coming to a national meeting of stream biologists. But Checo took him under his wing and he said he just kept offering me opportunity that I just didn't believe was out there. And one thing led to another and he said, so I'm here. 
now. <laughs> and, and I think that's an example of how faculty really need to identify potential students and nurture their interests and, and find out how they might help them succeed in something which they don't even know they have the potential for. The door has to be opened by, by faculty members who find the person who's going to come and, and take advantage of that opportunity. You know, I've been in many biology departments from undergrad to graduate school to now I'm in a biology department that um, most of the students that come in there want to go to medical school. And particularly the students from underrepresented groups, they're coming in there, they want to do uh, medical school, and when it doesn't go as planned, then they don't know what else to do. So they don't know that you can do all of this kind of work. So I think making sure that, you know, if you see those students, reach out to them and show them the opportunities that are available in terms of environmental science and taking them out in the field. A lot of these students have never been out in the field. I've had students that I take them out the first time with waiters and they're like, what, what is this? <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, a lot of these times these students might not be the strongest students in your class and they might not be the most outgoing students at first but man you give them the opportunity and you give them a chance to do work on their own I think a lot of us remember us when we were undergrads and somebody gave us an opportunity and, and we got excited and, and when you see that with your students even like the student that we were talking about you see them get excited and, and you, know, you feel like you did your job you, know, you got them in there and and somebody did that for us, and we're still here. So those kids stay here a little bit longer, and maybe one day they're doing our job here. Maybe they're running the program. I think mentoring is a key part of that. I don't think I would be where I am now if several people hadn't taken me aside and been real mentors for me and then provided the opportunity for me to be a mentor to other people. Um, and that's one of the other parts of our program is we do have our students coming through the ranks as mentors giving them that opportunity to help people in the same way. And then hopefully when they go into graduate school, become teaching assistants, they can be able to continue to inspire in the same way. So if you're an undergraduate who's listening to this podcast or even a, a graduate student or postdoc that wants to become a mentor, uh, how would you go about becoming involved with the NSTARS program? You're always welcome to send us an email. Our email address is on the website, on the SFS website. And then once a year, we have a call for applications for mentors. So the program has been going for four years now? Since 2011. Since 2011. So what do you see as the future of the NSTARS program? I think the most exciting thing about the program is that, that when we started, it was just a handful of us talking about NSTARS and talking about our program. I mean, it was, it was really just... Of word of mouth, and, and now if you look now in presidential uh, and candidate uh, speeches or notes, they mention in stars at the board of directors, they mention in stars in the society, they mention in stars, and, and they know the program. And if I thought that in 2011 this was going to be like this this year, I would, I mean, it would have blown my mind. I mean, it's, it's incredible. So if the, if the program continues to do what it's doing now. I think we just continue to grow, or at least continue to get the involvement that we're getting now and continue to get the society excited and the membership excited to bring students, to foster the students, and to, to help us mentor them. I think a lot of the work that we do out here 
it's really split up between not just the members of the program as mentors and faculty, but even just members of the society because they're the ones that get excited to meet these students. They're the ones that want to come out and meet the instars and show them their, their work or talk talk to them in terms of like special sessions for education. None of them say no. That's what one of our other members, Krista, always say. Nobody says no. So. And I think an interesting side product of the NSTARS program is it's really made a space for undergraduates at the meeting. And I think a lot of faculty who hadn't necessarily thought about bringing undergrads to present are now bringing undergrads to present posters. They're looking at their own institutions and looking and writing pieces into their grants to be able to bring these students to participate at the meeting. And we all benefit from that, of having all of these students that are interested in becoming freshwater ecologists, freshwater scientists. Checo said at the beginning that you know we all kind of think like one, and, and, and I think I agree with everything that we've said. And I think one thing that I don't, maybe I don't disagree with Checo or how, what how the program is going to go is that you know personally I wish we didn't have to have an in-stars program. I wish we didn't have to have a special program to increase the diversity of the society. And maybe what I would want for the future is maybe for the program not to go away. Maybe it'll stick around, but it will be just a mentoring way to get all undergraduates and not having to just focus on underrepresented groups because hopefully in the future we won't have such a thing as underrepresented So what does the NSTARS program offer to undergraduate students that become involved? Consider what an undergraduate would get when they come for the NSTARS program. The first thing that's critical for them is how they get here, that they need to travel here and they need they need registration and housing and, and a way of just surviving during the meetings. And so some of our funding goes towards taking care of that for many of the uh, instars who come. But there are several programs that they represent that also support that. So we stretch our funds and there's enough flexibility in the program that if they're completely funded from their institutions or program, we welcome their participation. Mm -hmm. Then, when they arrive, we have a workshop on the first day where we introduce them to how to do meetings, and the mentors get together with the undergraduates. So there's a this year we extended it where it's not only the, the professionals, but they're also bringing in a either a recent student or a recent graduate of the program to talk to our students as to you know, how to approach advisors or how to get involved in, in particular topics or even just how to you know, get involved in science in general. And then another piece of it is really just sitting and talking with the students and seeing what they're interested in and trying to foster this, these one-on-ones uh, -on -ones with people in the society, graduate students, faculty members, any of um, the folks here, just to tell them what kind of careers are there, what kind of jobs are people doing, um, what is graduate school like, and trying to make those connections as well. Call for applications for the fifth installment of the NSTARS program will come in mid-December or early January, so keep it. So in interested students, uh, whether they are undergraduates or graduates, but even more importantly, like faculty who might have students that are getting involved in their labs or, or students that that are getting you know, excited about, about their classes and taking a class in aquatic ecology or so, uh, just send, send them our way. All right, well, thanks everybody for taking the time to talk with me.
thank you for having us. <laughs> yeah, it was really thank nice. Yeah. Appreciate that. You've been listening to the Making Waves podcast, brought to you with support by the Society for Freshwater Science. For more information on this speaker, the Making Waves podcast, or the Society in general, please visit us on the web at the Society for Freshwater Science webpage. Tune in next time for another fresh idea in freshwater science.